Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode three of Stage Side Podcast. Today's guest is Cole Crutchfield from the band Eastwood, as well as Torture Tomb. How you doing, Cole? Good, man. How are you? Pretty good. I'm excited to have you on with the uh, recent Eastwood release. Nice. Excited to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so right off the bat, if anybody hasn't heard it, It Never Gets Easy by Eastwood. Go check it out. It's on all the streaming services. Two sweet vinyl pressings available through Pure Noise and Merch Now. A uh, bunch of merch with it. I love the merch of North America, where the top says Canada, the bottom says Mexico, and then just oh, the yeah. U.S. says Eastwood. But that's actually a pavement rip. Okay. Like that, uh, that indie band from the 90s. That's a yeah, good design. I, I, oh, yeah. It's, it's awesome. I, I feel like I don't want like people to take it the wrong way. I think we we're trying to make like a political statement or something. But I, I feel like, I feel like, mo- like a lot of people know, like, oh, it's a pavement rip. So I just thought it was a cool design. Yeah, and for the ones that don't, it's a pretty neutral color, so it's not yeah, nothing crazy. And now you're starting to see a lot of the like Detroit versus everybody, Cleveland versus the world. Like in sports, you're seeing a lot of different uh, cities right. do that with their towns. So the yeah. Eastwood one, I really like that. And I haven't seen, like you said, it was a pavement rip, but I haven't seen many bands do that recently yeah. at all, if any. Yeah, I, I like doing a tasteful rip Yeah, every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> Works well. Let's just dive right into it. Eastwood, as I said, it never gets easy. The album, absolutely phenomenal. Thank you. I had heard of Eastwood. I'd seen it on social media over the past year or so. Whenever you've posted anything, like if I've kind of dove into your profile, I've seen stuff about Eastwood. But admittedly, I had never really given it a full listen. It was on my radar of things I want to listen to. Mm -hmm. And then when the album came out, I seen, you know, obviously you guys posted it, a bunch of other people posted it, we're sharing stories, and then Pure Noise posted it. And I gave it a good front to back listen and I sent it to probably five or six people that day. I have a little group of people that I text individually about new music. And that was one right away. The Apple Music link got sent out. And I told him and the one caveat, which you can definitely speak to, I told him I was like, This is an album. Again, I'm a proponent of listening to all albums all the way through. Mm. But the Eastwood sound, I've found every song sounds a little different in the context of if it's heavier, lighter, if it's, you know, lighter lyrics or more vulnerable emotional lyrics, more angry, aggressive type lyrics, all the Mm. way down to the sound of each song. I think this is one of those albums where if you listen to one of the singles, but then listen to one of the actual songs on the album that wasn't a single, you're going to get two totally different sounds. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Whenever we were like recording the album, our producer was like, we were like making jokes about like how a lot of the songs sound different. Our producer was like, yeah, I don't really know what kind of band to tell my friends I'm producing right now. <laughs> no, I, I think I like, cause like um, I, I wrote those songs like in the span of four years and like a lot of the bands that influenced the later songs I hadn't even heard of when I started writing the record. So I feel like when I first started it, like, cause our REP was more like this shoegazy, like turnover type stuff. And I was really into that and I wanted to do that. So like a couple of songs like waves, and like living the dream are more like uh, that style. Then as like the years passed, I started getting into more like indie stuff, like that band microwave uh, deer in the headlights, like this indie band from the mid two thousands. And I wanted to put more like indie influence in there. And then of course I like I love pop punk and all of us in the band like pop punk. So I have a couple like pop punk, like more upbeat songs. So I feel like uh I was kind of like jammed all the songs together and somehow it's I think somehow it works. And like the way I like made 
the album flow is like starts out like fast and then like it kind of slopes down with like fine and then like ramps back up again and like the and that kind of ends with like the experimental songs i noticed that right away and that's one thing that i actually mentioned to people not as eloquently as you put it Mm -hmm. but the sequencing of the album it feels up and down throughout the album yeah it's not front loaded with just fast songs and then slow songs at the end or vice versa yeah or just skips back and forth yeah i definitely didn't like write yeah sorry i definitely like record it like with this like a order like a track order in mind but i was i definitely like we definitely thought like a lot like really hard about like the track order just to make sure like the listener like didn't get like tired of hearing like the same kind of song or i even like had like the tunings in mind like so like i wouldn't have like three songs of the same tuning in a row and stuff like that so okay so you took it pretty far as the thought put yeah. into it then yeah more than it probably sounds like just because i want to make I, I definitely want to make sure everyone listens to the whole thing because like there's no like filler tracks in the record like i love every like we all love every song so i want to make sure everyone like gets to the whole record and you were saying for fans of slash influences of microwave nathan mm-hmm. is actually on false start correct yep Mm-hmm. so how did that come together was that did you just reach out to him or did he reach out to you i've actually known nate forever so uh my old band knocked loose in microwave whenever we both did a warp tour our managers like knew each other or something so they're like oh this band like wants to like tour warp tour in like a bandwagon which is like a mini bus but like they they want to split one with another band so our manager's like, oh, this band called Microwave wants to split a band with you guys. And I, we like, we never heard of Microwave before. So I like, checked them out. I was like, holy crap, like this band's incredible. And I, I pretty much fell in love with them since then. Like I was like a super fan before the time I even like met them. Cause yeah, so it was really cool. Then basically we spent like the whole summer together and we all got really close and I go to like all their shows that are around my area and me and Nathan and like all the members are pretty close and we talk on a regular basis. So um, yeah, whenever, uh, I was just thinking like it'd be cool to have a guest feature and then I just kind of heard Nathan singing on that song and I hit him up and I was like I just asked him if you want to do like a guest part he's like okay like send me the song so I sent him the song and then he uh he said he didn't want to do like what I asked him he said he wanted to do like harmonies with me through the whole song then he like sent me back like a, a bunch of different stuff like that slide guitar track like organs like this guitar so he did like all the stuff that like I didn't even ask him to do then he like gave some ideas of like the song structure and stuff too. So it kind of went like above and beyond for it, which is really cool. Nice. So you sent him just expecting him to sing here and there and then yeah. kind of ran wild with it. Yeah. That gave me advice. He's, he's like, he's like, I think he was on cool. If like, instead of I did this part by myself, he like harmonized the whole song. Then I, and then he like did all this other stuff for it. So it was really cool. He did like way more than I asked him for sure. Now, was this a song? How recently did you write Fall Star? Cause you said you've been working on this album over the course of four years. Mm-hmm. Was this a song? you had been working on for a while or is this one of the newer written songs yeah it was one of the newer ones i specifically remember writing it after i got really into deer in the headlights which is a band that nathan actually showed me because nathan hit me up one day and it's like we should start a like a country indie band and i was like what does that sound like And he sent me this deer in the headlights record and i fell in love with that album and that, that record's really cool so it's like indie but it has a lot of like um like western and like a folk influence in there which record is that by them? I haven't heard them. I'll have to check that one out. It's called A Small Steps, uh, Heavy Hoofs. Okay. The, yeah, they only have two records, and they're both, like, two of my favorite records of all time. Like, they're phenomenal. 
I'll have to check those. They're out. really good. Yeah, and, and after I like fell in love with that record, I wrote uh, "False Start" and "Fine," and those are the more like um, folky songs on the record. Okay, so direct influence there. Yeah, so that was probably a couple of years ago. I think that was about two years ago when he showed me them. So with with Eastwood, obviously the whole world shut down right now, mm-hmm. and like I said, you guys have been having amazing reception online, yeah. Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everybody, it's been great posting their variants that they got talking about how excited yeah. they are people sharing it once everything opens back up what are the plans for eastwood as far as touring um uh, right now like touring on a full scale isn't super realistic but we definitely want to do like some like weekend tours like we I, I feel like if we got an offer that was like a really sick tour we'd find a way to make it happen <laughs> like we, we always like joke around with like microwave asked us to go on a tour which is like more feasible now since we're on pure noise but um I don't know, it's kind of weird because, like, two two dudes in the band, well, actually three have full-time jobs. I'm starting school, like, actually, in, like, three days, three or four days. So I'll be in school full-time, then I'm going to be working full-time. So it's kind of difficult for us. I feel, I feel like we'd have to do, like, a, like, probably, like, a summer, like, a winter tour, like, something while we're all on a break. And- yeah, in between semesters. So it'll be, it'll be that kind of thing. But, I mean, who knows? Like, if we end up, like, blowing up or something and like i don't know like we start getting like a lot of fans or something i'm sure we would make it happen where we'd tour a lot more i definitely wouldn't want to be like on the road for like eight months but like i, I kind of just want like, to feel it out first to see like if people are coming to the shows and stuff but we'll see i think they will be if uh <laughs> yeah if the online interest is any indicator i think you guys yeah. will do just fine live yeah and I- I think that's a good part about not that anything's good about anything being shut down, but uh, definitely for us, because like we weren't sure how serious we wanted to take it. So I think like putting this album out while we can't play shows is good because it's like a good feeler to see, like because I wasn't sure if this record was going to go over well or just like completely dud and like no one was going to care. Everyone's going to be like, oh, it's just another generic like alt rock pop punk band. But it's been going like the reception has been really good so far. So I definitely want to get out there and play some shows when we can. Well, that's exciting and i definitely if anybody hasn't heard it i definitely wouldn't call it generic <laughs> yeah there's a good mix there's a good change in vibe throughout the album and then on one of the singles hate to hurt it actually starts with a pretty heavy guitar yeah <laughs> that's another point in the album where you kind of establish like you said you have some of the more folky songs and then two dollar hams that one feels pretty pop punk to me yeah and then once you get to hate to hurt it opens with that down-tuned guitar mm-hmm. and not that your attention was already drifting, but it pulls you in even farther. Like, okay, what do we have here? Yeah. Totally different. Was that a conscious effort to start that song so heavy or was that something that you were just playing around one day and heard and liked and stuck with it? Oh, uh, that song, I feel like the way that the guitar tone, if you're talking about like the, how heavy like the guitar tune is, it's like just like chugging. Yeah. I think that happened because I was using whenever I recorded that I was using like a really crappy like a uh, Logic guitar amp and it just sounded like super like fuzzed out and I, I like I didn't really care because it's just a demo and we went to go we recorded that before the record because we actually recorded that to like send send it out to labels to feel out and Pure Noise actually ended up picking it up but uh, we got to like our producer Jordan he's like I love that guitar tone I was like I was I thought that sounded terrible like I want something cleaner and he's like no that'd be cool so uh, we just like threw like a like a soul and pickle like this fuzz pedal on there and just like made it sound just like super heavy 
that's how that came about but it, 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 i didn't like intend for that part to sound like it's super like chunky and but it ended up sounding really cool so completely so unintentional kept it. <laughs> yeah pretty much it's just like a crappy like a logic amp that our producer really liked so i was like okay i'll, I'll go with it it worked i enjoyed it and like i said yeah. it's especially where that song's placed in the album it's a good a good change of pace not that the mm. songs before were all blending together but like i said you have those those pop punk songs you have those folk songs and then you have a tone that you haven't heard at yeah. all at least that pronounced on the entire album mm. and it just kickstarts a whole nother feel to the album yeah. and the song yeah and so you and i were talking before we started this with eastwood you pretty much do all the lyrics, the guitars, the bass, the drums. You create everything, and you were saying use Logic, and then yep. you take it to the other band members, and they build from there or just play what you've written. Yeah, pretty much. So what is that process like for you since, you know, there's a lot of bands where the guitarist is coming. Obviously, they'll all work out together on a song, but the guitarist is coming with his or her guitar part. Mm. The drummer has their part. And then everybody kind of melds together. Yeah. Do you find it, you have more freedom or is it more pressure to build a song from start from lyrics all the way down to how every instrument sounds? Yeah. I honestly love writing that way. I like, like I'm kind of like a control freak when it comes to music and I like, like having a hundred percent input. And uh, whenever I first started writing, writing this record, like waves and living the dream I wrote, like before I had like any kind of like a recording software or anything. So like, me and my drummer would get together and like I would play like that you know how there's like that lead and waves that starts the song I would like play that in a looper then let that go then like Devin would hit the drums and I'd play like the rhythm guitar in the background we would like kind of like write the song like that and then like we recorded those songs like using like our guitar players like fiance's microphone or something using like this crappy computer and uh, then after that I, I got my computer in like 2017 then after that I just started like recording everything on logic so pretty much like waves and living the dream were written um i kind of like wrote those like on voice memos and then like kind of just like did it on my friend's computer but then the other songs i pretty much just like sat down i would like how i basically write is i just like sit down on my guitar and like mess it around until i like find something that sounds cool then i'll just build it around that and then i'll just get into logic and see what i can do and then just like add like layers like i'll add like a lead or something or change the tuning if i need to and stuff like that so with Waves and Living the Dream, and by the way, the chorus on Waves, I mean, the whole song's great, but that chorus is undeniable. Thank you. <laughs> I've replayed that one. I've listened to the album full, fully through a bunch of times, but Waves is one where I found myself, especially towards the end of the song, sometimes even if I don't restart the song, I'll just drag the slider bar on Apple Music just back a minute just to Thank catch you. it again. I appreciate that. So that one definitely stood out. And that one actually stood out to me after a few listens. You guys had posted on Instagram asking people what their favorite ones were. For me, right away, $2 Hams, Hate to Hurt, and Two Story Window jumped out. And those were like my immediate front runners. But as I said, the more I listened to it, Waves just started making its way up slowly but surely to yeah. one of my favorites, if not my favorite, on the album. You're welcome. It's a phenomenal song. No, thank you. With Waves and Living the Dream, since you said you were kind of limited recording those on a microphone and yeah. the laptop. Yeah. How much did those change from the time you initially, not initially wrote, but initially recorded a demo for those 
to the time where, like you said, you got your computer, you got actual good equipment and then started recording. Yeah. How much did they differ? Uh, well, waves changed a little bit in the studio that that one kind of remained the same ever since I wrote it. It's, it's a pretty simple song stru- uh, structure and it's pretty much just using like that drop C open tuning, which is, which we use on uh, living a dream too. But the only thing that really changed in the studio for that one is like, we changed the, uh, like it starts out with like that looping kind of lead. Then we changed like that originally was supposed to be like the entire song. And then like our producer didn't really thought that it sounded like kind of like too repetitive. So we ended up coming with a different like lead. And that's like when, whenever it kicks in, it has like that different lead, like whatever. So that, that changed. And then I'm trying to think what else. I mean, that's pretty much it. Like he hadn't, yeah. Yeah, that, that was pretty much like the biggest change. And I had like at the end, like how it sounds like super blown out. I, I just told him I could basically want to sound like the song was like exploding because it's like the end of the record and everything. Yeah. But uh, th- that one pretty much stayed the same. Uh, Living the Dream too, like that's pretty just like basic like intro, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. That, that was like before I started getting like a little more experimental with my uh, song structure, structure ideas. So th- those pretty much stayed the same. Like in the studio, we pretty much got in there and producers like, yeah, I like these songs. So we're just going to keep them the way they are. Okay. And you were saying your process for writing a song is normally you'll sit down, play guitar and just play until something comes out that you like. Once you play something that you hear and you're like, okay, I can work with that. Do Mm. you break out the phone and record a voice note on that? Like just let it record or do you immediately open up the recording software and put down something more solid on there? Uh, Usually I was like, if I feel like it's something I won't be able to remember, I'll like record that riff with my voice memo. Then I'll just kind of like sit there and maybe it'll take like, you know, a few days and I'll come back to it. But like, I'll come up with like a riff or something. I think that'd be cool. Like cool for like an intro or verse or chorus. And I'll just kind of like build around that. And I usually, for Eastwood, I don't really open logic until I have like the full song in my head. Cause I feel like a lot of the times when I try to write, like based off one riff, everything kind of sounds like forced. Cause I'm like, just trying to write stuff on the spot. I feel like it's just more natural if I like write, just jamming it out, like recording on my voice memo and then going into logic. And then kind of put the fine touches on it at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, I'll put like leads over parts that I think need leads or like just different like groups and stuff. And yeah, that's the fun thing about logic is adding like all the layers and sound effects and stuff. Yeah. So I recently, like I was telling you before we started, I work full time as well, but I went yeah. back to school for audio and video production. Mm. And of course, like I learned how to do video and audio all separately. And then like I told Matt in the citizen episode, the world shuts down and zoom packages everything into one. Yeah. Yeah. But that's always a fun thing. And again, if anybody's ever recorded, then they'll know it's not going to be exciting for them. But anybody that's just a fan of music, like I was that didn't know really anything about the recording process. Whenever you see one of those digital audio workstations and you visibly see all the layering and then you realize mm-hmm. what bands can do and individual artists, how they can layer tracks and move pieces in and out. It's actually pretty fascinating, yeah. the process in the oh, recording. Yeah. Which leads us, I want to talk, we'll switch gears real quick. Torture Tomb. Mm. Killing to see yep. how it feels. <laughs> what, uh, what genre would you classify? This is your other band where you're the vocalist in. Yeah. And what would you classify that for fans of eastwood that haven't heard torture tomb uh torture tomb is just straight up death metal man yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so it um, 
I'm sorry, go yeah, ahead. But, but, oh, sorry, I was, yeah, Torture Team was basically going to give, like, a background on that. But, um, yeah, Torture Team started because, like, two of my, my best friends, like, we all went to high school together. Then, like, whenever uh, we graduated, they moved to Denton, Texas. So, um, I, we were all, like, to the same kind of music in high school, like, metal and stuff. And then we all started getting down, like, the rabbit hole of, like, death metal and all that stuff. I, I like everything, but uh, I was, like, super into death metal for a while. And uh, I I'd probably go down and see them like once or twice a year. And like one time when I went down and saw them, we just uh, started jamming together and like just wanted to sound like this, like just wanted to like write these like death metal songs. We ended up like recording them and like putting like a demo out kind of like as a joke. And then uh, when I then whenever I got my uh, like recording software, I like started just writing songs on my own. And then we started like doing stuff. <laughs> so yeah, and it's, it's kind of like anyone, a side thing. Yeah, for anyone that hasn't heard it, it's definitely death metal in its truest form it doesn't really have any of the at least i don't think the metal core influences like yeah it's heavy riffs heavy all the way through yeah crazy deep vocals got some screams in there mm-hmm. what is the is there like a do you switch kind of mentally when you're going back and forth between eastwood and torture tomb or is it yeah because like you said you listen to everything and I too in high school, that's where I kind of found, like I grew up listening to like Metallica and the traditional mm. heavy metal, but around 10th, 11th grade, that's when I got introduced to bands like the Acacia Strain, Yeah, that much heavier side of metal. And even to this day, you know, I'll listen to a country song or a pop song. And then yeah, that same day, I'll be listening to something metal or pop punk or rap. Is there a mental switch that you make going back and forth between writing for them do you separate the writing process or do you kind of revisit each one months in between yeah well as me like now i'm mainly into music that's not heavy like if you listen to my spotify it's probably just like gonna be like country music or like pop punk or indie or something i I really only listen to death metal like when i'm at the gym or like sometimes i'll get on like these spurts when i'm in like listen to death metal but like when i like growing up like you said like yeah i was into like metallica and like Avenged sevenfold all that stuff and like when i was in high school i got into like all like the like the hot topic metalcore bands and i was into that stuff for a while but as a 23 year old i'm not anymore (laughs) and uh for for, like as far as heavy music goes i pretty much only listen to death metal and black metal i don't really like listen to hardcore like metalcore or any of that stuff anymore i was definitely like into that more like when i was younger but yeah so so it's like weird like I, i like I'll like be super into death metal and then I'll like want to write like a torture team song. So I'll sit down and like riff around with that. And actually what we're, we're like recording a split right now with our buddies, like AJ and Grant that are in torture team. Also our bass players in this band called combat, which is like a death metal band from Texas. We're, we're doing a split right now. So I've been in torture team mode lately recording that. But um, yeah, it just depends like what mood I'm in. Like I definitely take Eastwood way more seriously because there's like a lot of stuff in the Torture Tomb songs that like we just like joke around about. Like the lyrical content is like talking about like killing people and like just stuff that's like all it's just like basically just like horror movie and like song form. We're just like taking the piss. We're not we're not taking it seriously. Like we're right. not out, they're like killing people or anything. But like Torture Tomb, the lyrics and like music are just way more serious. So so there's definitely some sort of delineation between when you're writing music for Eastwood or even preparing to write for yeah. Eastwood as, as opposed yeah, to torture. Definitely. Tomb. This depends on like what I'm into at the moment. If I'm listening to like a lot of country, I'm going to want to write like a country song or if I'm into like 
super into death metal at the moment i'm gonna want to like sit down and play death metal so just like it really just depends what i'm like listening to what i'm into at the moment that's pretty much how how i write okay and so for torture tomb is there going to be any weekend tour Uh, again once everything's back normal and it's safe to go out and tour and play yeah is there going to be any weekend tours or anything for that yeah, we actually, uh, we've been talking about it because uh, I've been talking to our drummer a lot more recently like because we've been working on these split songs. So what we're talking about it's like maybe during the summer or something to start running a van and playing some shows down in Texas. So we'll see. Like Tor- Torture Team has only played probably like four shows. I think they've all been in Texas because I'll fly, because like I'm the only member that lives in Kentucky. They all live in Denton. So I'll, I'll like fly down there and hang out with them. We'll, we'll just play like a show at like some dive bar or something but yeah we we might tour eventually that that split i mean that that ep we just put out did like a lot better than i expected like i got like a ton of good feedback and like a lot of the tapes like sold out and stuff it's kind of crazy so yeah because you did cassette releases for those as well correct yeah yeah because that was like the first thing we released that like sounded decent because like before that the production was just really bad even the production on that's bad like the new stuff we're putting out is way better because our drummers like has like a bunch of different mics like a whole setup now and i'm way better like recording my guitar and stuff now so like the, i think the split's gonna sound really good it's gonna sound like almost professional quality okay yeah from some of the the pictures you posted on instagram of you doing vocals for torture tomb mm. are there songs where you're strictly vocals and you're not doing any guitar for torture tomb yeah so for torture tomb i like i'll i write the guitar except for the new stuff actually i wrote one song then our guitar player aj wrote one, another song guitar but but live eyes do vocals they've like suggested me playing bass but i I can't do that I, I can play chords and sing but i can't like riff and do those vocals live it's too much i was gonna ask you how does that feel because eastwood obviously you're singing and playing guitar and i i've heard some artists that do both between different projects they say that the guitar is almost kind of like a safety shield like they have something in their hand they're up there yeah how does that differ being on stage just doing vocals like having to carry the energy and again like not not having to focus on guitar or anything does it feel crazy different or is it not much for you it's definitely different but it's not weird because like for torture tune like live i just like kind of like lose my mind we all kind of lose our minds like usually we're uh under the influence of alcohol <laughs> and we just like kind of we just kind of go nuts and just like lose ourselves in the moment i like just kind of act like a caveman and go crazy and it's usually like usually like small like dive bars and stuff and for eastwood i'm usually more like composed and we're like more well rehearsed because we actually like all live close in texas like i'll fly down there we have like one practice at two in the morning it's like oh next day we're playing a show and like play at like one in the morning it's like five people it's just like a different kind of vibe i guess T- torture team's more like a party band and like east was more just like a, my serious band so we, d- we definitely take the east with live show more seriously so like an artistic release like you said you just kind of let loose and just yeah we kind of go crazy yeah it's just kind of like an a- adrenaline release the whole time when we do torture team shows it- it's super fun though I-, I always love playing shows with them yeah it- it's fun when you get to go to a show and when you can tell the band like that, like you were saying with Torture Tomb, and again, it depends on the music. If you're seeing a band that's much more composed and serious or technical or laid back, whatever their style is, then obviously that's what you want to mm. see. But growing up, going to those hardcore shows, those metal shows, when you see a band and you see the members are just, they're in it just as much as the crowd and they're not, mm-hmm. they're not trying to look cool or they're not worried about, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that. When you see them just go up there and lose their mind, 
it makes the yeah. show that much better. The energy in the room just explodes. And oh, yeah. it's fun for everyone involved. Oh, yeah, it's, it's super fun. And with Torture Tomb, you told me before we started recording, you were taking care of the producing and the recording for that. Yeah. You admitted earlier you're a little bit of a control freak. With Torture yeah. Tomb, since that's more of like your let loose party, like atmosphere type band, is there a lot of pressure on you when you're doing the recording and the production, or are you a little more free flowing with input from the other members? Uh, it's definitely like way. I definitely take it way less seriously because I feel like with Torture Tomb, like the genre itself, you can't really take seriously because it's like death metal and like there's a guy like yelling that sounds like a Cookie Monster or something. <laughs> and that you know talking about killing people, so it's definitely something you can take way less seriously, in my opinion. Um, I, I'm way less of a control freak with that being too, because that's more like my side project. Like Eastwood's just kind of like myself is like a, I don't know, it's like myself projected into music. It's like I put everything that I have into that, and like the lyrics and everything are like super personal. And like Torture Team is just more of like me and my buddies jamming around playing like just death metal that we're into, and like we don't take it too seriously. Like even for this last release, I was like, I told AJ our guitar players like I don't want to write two songs like i don't have time like can you write one of these and he ended up writing like a really cool song so i'm stoked that like he finally got to write one for this because his other band combat's awesome so i was stoked so torture tomb is a much more collaborative let loose yeah way, way more clouded like way more like laid back like we don't take it seriously like, we, it's like way more experimental like for this next album we're like we were putting like a boss atron two for the guitar tone, just making it sound like crazy. We 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 just like try to make each release just sound crazier and crazier, and like we we're not yeah we definitely don't take it too seriously because it's like none of our like main bands. We all have like our main band, okay. like a AJ from Torture Teams and Creeping Death, and like they toured Europe and tour around the country and stuff. So it's it's just like our side project basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's fun and like you said being a fan of different genres i'm sure as an artist it's a good outlet yeah for sure if you're feeling like writing something crazier or more lighthearted or more theatrical that you can't put in eastwood yeah you can take that that route with torture tomb definitely and then so we'll switch back over to eastwood and one thing again when i reached out to you to set this up i told you one of the most interesting things to me was that dichotomy between the two records and the two entire genres of music. I mean, there are people that do it. And then there's other people that are in, you know, a hardcore band and they're just in a little less hardcore band or the hardcore band to like a real traditional pop punk band. So there's not a yeah. huge separation between the music. But again, Torture Tomb and Eastwood is night and day. Mm. When you're writing for Eastwood, you said you put a lot more of yourself into the music. Yeah. And the process of you recording all the instruments how do you find like when you're writing lyrics do you have a certain sound in your mind that you want those lyrics to go to or a certain vibe of the record or do you have set sets of lyrics written and then you have all like you know a bunch of individual instrumental tracks and then you figure out what fits yeah. where usually i don't write lyrics until after the song's done it's it's really weird how i come up with lyrics because like a lot of times like i i always write the music first and like a lot of times i like be like I like whenever I don't know it's like when I'm trying to come with lyrics I'll like play the song on guitar then I'll just like kind of like hum like gibberish around it like I'll come up with like a word that doesn't really make sense and I'll come up with like a word like whenever I was like writing false start I heard like uh, uh, uh. I heard like false star or something like that doesn't make any sense I, like <laughs> false start 
then I came up with like a theme for that song. Just like, yeah, the way I came up with the lyrics was kind of just like I'll hum hum along and just like sing like incoherent words together. And if something like sounds catchy, because like a lot of times like words will sound catchy than other words. So like whatever I feel like comes out and then like I'll either like take something that rhymes with that or I'll make something out of the gibberish to make it sound like false start, something that like was just gibberish, like false start. Like does, I don't know. Like I just kind of like made something out of nothing with that. That's kind of how like I write a lot of the Eastwood songs. So you're essentially freestyling and then picking out what works. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's yeah, it's it's more so like I come with like the melody and I'll just kind of like sing gibberish around it and like once I have the, like the strong melody, I think of like words or like phrases that I'm feeling or like maybe like different sentences that I've thought of or something and I'll just kind of like put song around it. For anyone, that, again, for anyone that hasn't heard it, some of the, I don't want people thinking that, like, oh, he's not taking it serious. Some of the lyrical content's pretty deep, pretty vulnerable, yeah. pretty open and honest. Yeah. When you're writing the music for the song, do you have that in mind of, hey, this is going to be like a more honest relationship type song? Like, do you have that emotion or that mindset when you're writing? Or are you just writing music that sounds good and then applying the lyrics like you said obviously you're humming and figuring out what you yeah. want to put it's it's pro- it's definitely the latter i definitely like write music that i don't like think like oh this is going to be like a song about like a relationship or something or like a song about like friends it, it's kind of like whatever like comes out i guess because like there's like some upbeat songs in the record that have like really like uh like serious lyrical concepts i mean i guess all the songs really have really serious there's no like fun songs about like partying with your friends or anything but um yeah i kind of just like write the lyrics afterwards and like i don't really like i definitely don't really write the song in mind okay like with the lyrics i guess and then i guess you make the lyrics fit the tone of the song then yeah okay and with the recent release so again i wanted to talk about your input as far as the merch the vinyl pressings yeah you have the you have two pressings out now of it never gets easy one mm-hmm. i believe is like a tricolor with a green a yep. swamp green and then i think there's like is it like a cream or like a white color into it yeah it's like a white i forget the exact term it's like swamp green something yellow it's like piss yellow or something i don't, <laughs> I don't remember and then white yeah and then the the green swamp green splatter yeah is outstanding like i told you i ordered a copy Thank and you. that one I've seen a few people open them on Instagram and those splatters turned out perfect. Oh yeah. Those are incredible. I, I always love I'm I used to be a super serious vinyl collector. Not, not as much anymore, but like in high school, my Holy grail was the blink One Eighty Two like hot topic splatter, like the self-titled thought that was like the coolest thing ever. And I finally got it after spending like way too much money on eBay as a 16 year old. But yeah, no, I've always wanted a splatter. It's like whenever they send me like ideas for the vinyls, like I definitely want one to be a splatter. So that that ended up looking really sick. It, it looks just like the Blink One Eighty Two except like our colors. So I was super stoked how how that turned out. And that's the thing too. I've mentioned it before. The one thing, obviously, you know, a lot of different record pressings look good, whether they're color in color, they're smoke, yeah. smear, marble, whatever they may be. But I always love when the color of the pressing matches the artwork yeah it just makes it feel like that much more cohesive of a piece of physical art definitely 
Yeah, I wanted everything on the album to pretty much like fit like their color scheme. So I like when bands have like a theme. I think it's like weird when it's not. I mean, it, like it's their thing, but I think it's like weird when bands have like an album like the vinyl pressing or like something's different. Like I, I like when there's a theme, and I, yeah. I like really I really like color with like music a lot too. Like so, like when I I when I want uh, sorry, like when I want people to like listen to this album, I want them to hear like uh or like see like green and yellow and like more like fall summary colors i think it's more of like a late summer fall record yeah so, yeah <laughs> if, that, if that makes sense because i like so, some records sound like blue like our first ep is like more sad and like washed out so the album covers just like this picture of the ocean i took in costa rica and like super like washed out looking so i think it's cool and like a album artwork like fits a vibe i think album artwork's super important like color scheme super important because it, it's like when people are gonna like listen to your record they're gonna have that artwork in mind so i think it's super important to have like the artwork fit the vibe of the music you know yeah and i'm glad you said that and i'm glad that you put that thought into it because mm. again it does change the entire vibe of the album or the you know the consumer's perception of yeah. it and it does help paint a picture to it and you were saying late summer early fall vibes the video for false start so that's yeah. uh there's definitely some fall fall vibes with the woods but then there's obviously you know the summer get together yeah. and then all the props oh, yeah. what was uh shooting that video like what was the thought process behind that how'd oh, you come yeah. up with that? that that was that was a hot summer day but uh that, that was actually my idea i, was, I had an idea i feel like uh the some the idea was kind of lost on the video like the video is cool but we didn't really like pay some attention to like the storyline but the storyline is supposed to be like we were uh, going like we're going to the beach then like our tire falls off or like something happens and like we can't go to the beach so we end up just like setting up our beach stuff like in the woods like in Kentucky and just like jamming out in the woods like that was like the theme but I feel like a lot of people are just like oh it's like them driving through the roads but it's supposed to be like oh we're trying to go to the beach and then it doesn't work out so we ended up like just having the beach party like in the in the woods but that was super cool um I hit up my buddy that that we were, I was in like in a band with him back in high school, but he's like super good at video production. I asked if he wanted to do it because we only had like a few weeks to like rec- like film it and get it out. And uh, yeah, he came over and we we all did it. It was super hot that day. It was like 90 degrees and like no cloudy, no clouds. <laughs> uh, super sunny, so we were all like sweating our asses off. And like like before all the shoots, I had like a towel there. I would like rub my face and like make sure my hair wasn't wet because I didn't want to look all sweaty and like. It was rough. It was, it was super hot. Cause like we we moved. We actually filmed it in my parents' backyard. Cause they have like a huge yard out okay. in uh, Kentucky, and like this like wooded glen back there. And it was, it was like a super like perfect spot for like the live shot, especially. But yeah, but we we were all like my dad was kind enough to let us like move our equipment like half a mile from their house to like where the woods was, or else we we're gonna have to carry it. But like yeah, we were carrying all that stuff through like the woods and put the work in it was it was a long day and we were all worn out but i think it was definitely worth it yeah and it's a it's a fun video and like you said yeah. it, there's definitely if you watch it from beginning to end you see the breakdown you see the storyline so yeah. it, it's definitely there yeah it's cool yeah and it's lighthearted. it's fun so yeah. definitely worth checking out and then what was the process behind the singles coming out so i know you had hate to hurt and then yeah false start those were the only two singles correct false start. And was, i don't need you was the other okay. single. 
Yeah. Wait, no, sorry. You said hate to hurt and false start, right? Yeah. Okay, so we re- we actually released hate to so hate to hurt that single and like that we did the music video for and hate to hurt on the record are actually different. Yeah. Not to be like, oh yeah, I thought so. I I normally just do Apple Music, but yeah. the other day I watched that video on YouTube, and it was enough to notice a difference, at least yeah. to me. But it wasn't like it almost had me wondering. I was like, I'm not sure if it was just like the way my TV was playing or what. So there, yeah. but that is different then. Yeah. It's different. It's the same song. The only thing, so basically like we, we recorded that in like January of 2018, I believe. And that, that we recorded that single. Cause like at that point I had already, I, I had already written like every song except for blood of Jesus. And we, we just picked like what I thought was our strongest song to like feel out and like kind of see like if labels would be interested we ended up like uh, recording that with the guy who like produced our record and put like we had my brother film that music video, which is also a funny story the way we did that video. And then um, yeah, we put that out and then like I still wanted to be on the like the record so and like we weren't super happy because like our bass like our bass tone wasn't really good on the single because like we hadn't changed the strings on our bass and like since I got it because my bass player was borrowing my bass. So like on the record when we came in we had Devin like re-record the drums with like new heads like uh we like re-amped all the guitar and we like re- we had Zach re- uh, re-record the bass and like he did like a different vocal effect we kept the same vocals though but like the only thing that was the same was the vocal do you like re-recorded everything else? Okay, so it was a conscious effort to, I guess, either rework or improve in your mind the song then. Yeah, and it sounds way better because like Jordan even improved like a lot in his mixing and mastering. So if you listen like. The, the, like the single and then like this like the album version next to it like the album version just sounds like so much fuller like the guitar tone guitar tone just sounds so much better i'm glad you clarified opinion. that because like i said i i was listening to it and i was i wasn't sitting down watching i had it playing in the background yeah and i was thinking i was like i think it sounds different and then some time went by and i was like ah maybe maybe it wasn't maybe yeah. maybe it wasn't different but now that i know yeah I thought about like putting like in parentheses like new next to it, but I I feel like it's so close that we didn't really need to say like, you know I feel like if people like hear it they'll hear it if not it's no big deal because I, I still like the way the single sounds so I wasn't gonna like write that off. Yeah, and anything, so. at least from my perspective, it's not like you said. I don't think you would need the new or alternate or remix because it's not so drastically different. Yeah, it's the same song, just this sounds it sounds better sonically so. But the other version still sounds good, so it's, you know. Yeah, they both sound fine. <laughs> In my opinion. What was the, uh, you were saying there's a funny story behind the video. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so we had plans to have our bass players, like, Buddy, record it. And, like, we had, like, this whole idea. It was, like, really stupid. And then he ended up bailing, so we all showed up, and he wasn't coming to the video shoot. And my brother is, like, kind of into, like, like photography and, like, graphic design. And I knew I knew he knew, knows how to work a camera. He hasn't, like, he never, like, filmed anything before. So I was like, Devin, like, does your parents have like a home video camera? Well, actually, his grand he lives with his grandparents, and he's like, he's like, yeah, I'll ask. So he drove like an an hour round trip to like his grandparents' house to get a home video camera. It's like one of those like crappy like handheld ones that, like your dad would take of you when you're at Disney World or something. <laughs> he came over, and I was like, Seth, can my brother is like, can you just film this? Like, I'll tell you what to do. He's like, yeah. So we just did that. So it was really funny. Like my brother, who had like no experience like filming a video like filmed and like produced and edited it and like did a really really good job in my opinion and it has like a really i feel like the home video camera did gave like a really cool vibe to it too yeah it gives it 
a different, I guess what some people would try to achieve with like filtering now. Yeah, it, it looks like it was recorded on film, but it was just like an old video camera. And like we were having to like plug it in because the battery was dying every 10 minutes. We had to take like a break every 10 minutes. Like, yeah, that, that was an experience. But yeah. That's a good uh, process for your brother to learn. Just dive head first yeah. in. And... No, he's great. I think we're going to have him do another one too. Like the same vibe. Like we're going to use like an old video camera, like have him produce and edit it. Because I, I really, he's like really talented. And he has a good eye for that stuff, even though he's not the most experienced. And he actually, sorry, he actually did like a studio update for us. It's on the Pure Noise YouTube channel too. That's what I was going to ask because I thought I seen his name. I can't remember if it was either at the end of the video or in the yeah. description that he filmed the studio. Yeah. Is it just one studio update? Yeah, it's just one studio update. He he was great. He took the picture on the album cover, and he he took like all of our all of our promos. He did the the artwork, like the Hate to Hurt single artwork. He did like our our acoustic EP artwork. Like he's sick. Like he he's he's. Uh, designed like a merch for us and yeah that's exciting man <laughs> yeah he's really sick yeah, you got a built-in artist yeah. photographer videographer yeah. i like having like everything in eastwood like in-house like i like having like my friends or like people that i know do everything like like my brother took that picture of like that's just like me running through a field and, like when he took the picture he just like moved the camera really quickly to make it look blurred um, yeah, and then like my buddy, he plays a guitar for that band Bliss from Atlanta. Um, he he's really good at like making like vintage kind of artwork, and I really liked his vibe. So I asked him to do like the album artwork. So I was like, can you do something with this picture? And he's like, yeah. So he just like made that border around it, and it came with like the green color scheme, and uh, made made like the font, like like made our logo for us. So yeah, it turned out really cool. It plays well with the border, the color of the font as well yeah. as like the picture. Cause obviously you have those natural colors in the picture of you running through the field. Even yeah. Down to what you're wearing, like the shirt and pants. Yeah. I'm super stoked. <laughs> Someone commented on, on like one of the pictures. They're like, I love the cover of that girl running through the woods. <laughs> it's like, all, cause all you can see is the long hair. I thought that was funny. I think if you look at it, you can tell. Yeah. You can tell that it's you. Yeah. Yeah. It turned out great. And I was going to ask, I didn't, I didn't, didn't want to lose that story. I was going to ask with the singles, what is the decision process? What's the thought process behind what single you're going to release when, and then obviously I'm pretty sure we mentioned earlier, your own pure noise for this record. Yeah. This is your first record yeah. with pure noise. Do they decide the singles or do you present to them what you want to come out in what order? They do not. They, uh, Cahill from Pure Noise, like the guy who signed us, he's like second commit Pure Noise, I think. But like, he basically just another record, and he hit he hit me up, and he's like, "Hey, here, are like my favorite songs here, are my ideas for the singles." And we were mostly on the same page. We we, we were pretty much on the same page actually, and like we like he had the idea of like because Pure Noise is doing a lot of like the thing where they do like two singles at once and they announce an album, which I thought we were just gonna do one. I was gonna do False Start. I already had the idea of doing the False Start video. And uh, so, yeah, I definitely wanted the first single to be False Start. Then he's like, okay, pick a second single. Like, I like Two Story Window and $2 Hams. And I was like, I don't want two four-minute songs as the singles. So I want to pick, like, like False Start's, like, the indie rock song. Like, let's put, like, a short, like, pop-punk banger. So then I picked Two Story Window. So that that was, like, catchy. And, like, it shows, like, the pop-punk side of the record. And then he's like, all right, pick another one to come out. And then... I picked I Don't Need You. I don't think he really had an opinion on that. But um, I, I just want to like, because that song has like programmed drums in it, which is different from anything else we ever did. 
so I, I wanted to like showcase that for like the more like laid back for like vibe and yeah and then uh we pushed like two dollar hams as like the album like release single i guess like we pushed that on the playlist and stuff because we thought that was a strong song too yeah but uh yeah but basically like yeah basically like printers like gave their opinion and we both kind of collaborated on the single ideas but ultimately like we picked what they were okay and then so you you said you pushed two dollar hams is that for like the spotify apple like all those playlists yeah yeah so, so like whenever like I don't know if you saw, but like whenever Pure Noise or Us posted like the albums out, there's like a clip of like it was like the graphic of album out now, and like there's a clip, the clip with two dollar hands playing. Like we pushed that, like it got on like the new punk tracks Spotify playlist, which was really cool. Like that was like the single we're pushing. I think that was like Cahill's favorite song on the record, but I I didn't want to like make that the first single because I thought that was like like a little too pop punk, and I wanted to make sure that people got more. I feel like the more of the vibe was like giving them the indie rock song and then like the full on pop punk song okay so again i've noticed that a million times it works well yeah how big is that obviously you know when when these huge pop artists drake ariana grande all them when they release a song who yeah (laughs) (laughs) like when they release a song i'm sure they don't see much effect from being on one of these playlists but being on like a spotify or apple music playlist how instrumental is that to bringing in new fans. Oh, it's and- amazing. Yeah, so I have access to like our Spotify account. So I have like an app that shows me like how many people are listening at any given time, like how like what songs have how many plays. And like it, we got put on like an indie Spotify playlist and like a the new punk tracks or something like that. It's already given us like over a thousand plays in like less than a week. So it plays like a huge role, especially for like a band like us, like a thousand plays is like a lot. So it plays a huge role getting on a playlist like that's like really good for us like we got like the npr new music friday like twice which is insane like that that gave us a thousand plays both times so so it's definitely a big deal for us to get on a playlist because like a thousand plays to us is like a lot like i said so i think thousand plays the most bands yeah again you know pretty successful release and being on those it drives other fans of that genre that may have known about you just haven't got to the new release yet or completely brand new fans and i know for a long time it was like you know i've said it before i've discovered bands through pandora where you know shuffles through but it's good that these now streaming services have made like a concentrated effort to put their new music out there and grow these bands that's good it's a really good way to find bands i mean i like i said i found a ton of bands. like in high school i found like so many bands on pandora like that's how i found the main and they're like they're one of my favorite bands forever like I found like a ton of bands and like the daily mix and like listen to just like bands radio on Spotify. So it definitely helps a lot. <laughs> it's, that's one thing I wanted to ask. So a lot of bands put up stuff on Bandcamp as well. And I know obviously that's not as, yeah. as widespread as Apple music and Spotify. What's the best way for fans to help support the band, obviously buying the records and the merch, but through the digital providers, is it, playing you guys on apple music playing you guys on spotify given you know the youtube views like what's the best way for fans of eastwood to help support you guys i mean the best way for us we're not in this for the money we all have jobs and stuff like the best way honestly is just like like give a share on social media like tell a friend like give us a like or like a comment because like that stuff means more than like any like buying like someone buying our record for seven dollars on Bandcamp would mean or like 
like streaming on spotify because like just like sharing it around just like telling us like what songs you like just means a lot to us it's like we work so hard and it's like whenever like we like I, I like recognize like anyone that like comments on the facebook i try to like reply to everyone like personally like thank you like because like we definitely like look at all of that so i think like that that means way more than like anyone buying a record like yeah definitely like buying the vinyl helps a lot but like sharing it on social media and like giving like commenting on and stuff like that that interaction we appreciate a lot for sure yeah i've noticed your engagement both from your your personal pages and then the band social media pages this weekend was pretty heavy liking reposting the stories and i like that you guys also i know some bands do it some bands don't you ask people hey what are your favorite tracks so far what tracks stood out to you of the feedback you've gotten from that have any surprised you obviously you you're happy with all the songs you put out yeah. But is there a song that's more of a fan favorite than you thought it would be that you've seen the response from that surprised you? Uh, I think I, I think I knew that like, I think $2 hymns and two story window are the most popular and those like the poppiest ones. So I wouldn't say like I'm surprised those are the biggest for some reason, blood of Jesus has the most listens on YouTube. I think that's just cause it has such like an inflammatory title. Yeah. So people like <laughs> see bloody. It's like, Oh, what the fuck is this song? Like, sorry, <laughs> not, not the curse. But, like, what's this song about? I want to read the lyrics and there's like a couple of people like mad about it in the comments but th- they totally missed the point of the lyrics but uh i think i mean i yeah i haven't really been surprised but i definitely appreciate anyone like that replies to it because I, I, I try to stay on top of like the liking and reposting because it's like our first week i want to make sure like everyone that interacts with us like gets noticed i guess and like gets appreciated for uh complimenting us because like before this record like we were just like a nobody band that like you know like we we played a show to one person one time it's like it was just like a thing for fun so like before this like we always joked around like we literally had no fans like nobody liked our bands like this is like insane that like people actually like it and people are streaming it so it's really cool it's an incredible record and again from a fan standpoint it is it is nice not like chasing likes or follows or anything but it is cool that when you take the time to comment to a band yeah, you know let them know how much you're appreciating the work they put out and then even just the liking the comment i've seen some people like replying yeah. to their own comment like oh hey thanks for liking this like you know i appreciate it but you guys showing yeah. that engagement and that that feedback it's yeah. a good two-way street for the band and the fans yeah. of the band because yeah, i like hearing the feedback I, I love hearing like what songs people like and stuff because you know because like they're like our songs i like hearing like when people like our songs like so i, I like hearing which ones people like which ones people don't like which there, I mean, I haven't seen like any negative feedback yet. Like I've seen like, like a couple comments on Facebook or something, but that's a given when you're putting anything out there. Yeah. Because I was going to be that that Facebook guy, but you know. <laughs> well, if you don't like any of it, keep it to yourself. But yeah, like I said, I don't think I don't think there's a weak song on the album. Thank you. And again, with the sequencing, the flow of the album, and you guys putting that effort in, it does not in an interest way of up and up and down but it does take you on a ride you have those different genre influences you have some gang vocals on one of the tracks yep. you have more i guess melodic singing more i don't know if i want to say delicate but a lot more singing and then some tracks you have some of those pop punk alternative rock type screams or just you know a louder more aggressive style of singing so it's got a good collection and a little bit for everyone, I think. Like, I tried to because I like I I don't really, like I do love 
albums where like all the songs sound the same if it works but i like love when bands have like a wide variety of songs and everything i like every song has its own vibe i want to make sure like there were no like filler tracks and like every track was like a song like that people could come back to and play again so i'm glad that that translated well so thank you oh you're welcome and that's good to know that we can expect that on fair to say we can expect that on future eastwood releases then as well yeah yeah, I'm already experimenting with some ideas, some some wacky stuff and some like classic Eastwood stuff. So we'll see what happens. But I'm still like trying to decide which um, which route I want to go with the new the new sound. But we'll see. Perfect. Take take the chance because <laughs> everyone paid off in this album. So yeah, I think whatever you do will pay off down the road as well. Thank you. And that leads us to wrap up every episode of the podcast. What I like to do is I like to have the artist. We can do it for Torture Tomb and Eastwood. I like to have the artist pick a few songs from each release or the entire catalog. It can be your favorite songs, your favorite songs to play live, or if you're presenting to someone that's never heard the band for the first time, hey, here's X amount of songs that you should check out. So let's start with Torture Tomb. You want to start with Torture Tomb? Sure, yeah. Okay. So I know Killing to See How It Feels is the newest release, and you guys have singles and demos. So yeah. I'll let you structure it however you want. Killing to see how it feels. We'll do that one last. So we'll start with whatever your earliest release that you want people to hear. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to give us, and I know, you know, some of them are only three songs long. Just give yeah. us three to five total songs from the catalog that people should check out. Okay. I think we honestly think we only have six songs out. But, uh, well, yeah, because you got, so you got the demo. Flesh yeah, Feeders. If Flesh Feeders is like a one song tape, then like we put like a cassette out with like the demo songs with it. And then we have a like a remixed version of Flesh Feeders on the new EP. So okay. we, 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 yeah, we only have six songs. So let's go, let's go three songs total. Okay. Cool. And yeah. if, if you want to just go with Killing to See How It Feels, we can do that. I think I'd go with that. Cause like the, yeah, the first demo, we were just kind of messing around. We like didn't really like expect anyone to listen to it or anything. And like we recorded that like live and like, everything's recorded in mono. It doesn't sound too great, <laughs> but uh, I, we still like those songs for the sentimental value. Cause we, we all had fun that weekend when I went down. So I'd probably say like, just listen to our new EP. Cause those are like our newest songs. I think uh, the songs are getting like the most positive feedback. And yeah, okay. I, I think, I, I think they're still good songs. I, I wrote a lot of those a while ago, but yeah. So yeah, Killing the Sea It Feels, listen to the full EP. Yeah. And then the good thing about having six songs, you can listen to the entire catalog. Yeah, yeah, and I think we, there's still tapes available on Transylvanian Tapes, which is this uh, dude out of Oakland who's like really, really cool. He's like this, like I think he's like 40 or 50 or something, but he like runs like this DIY t- uh, tape label. And it's like we became internet friends to like this death metal like Facebook group. And uh, he, uh, yeah, he put out the tape and it's been doing really well on his label, so... Go check out a tape there. Yeah, and you can find it. You said Transylvania Tapes, and also yeah. it's linked on the Torture Tomb Bandcamp as well. Yeah, yeah. There's a link on there for people to check out. So then we'll go to Eastwood. We can do Past Ghost, and then if you want to throw the World Has Turned single in there, you can do the Acoustic uh, Project as well, and then It Never Gets Easy. So you can do, I guess we'll do two songs off Past Ghost. That way we don't okay. do, you know, the full project. So that's easy because I like really hate the way that a lot of the songs sound on Past okay. Ghost. 
No, I'm just joking. I, I like those songs. The way they recorded wasn't super great because we recorded with my friend and like that was like his first like softer band he produced and like it like the way the vocals were recorded I'm not a huge fan of but um I I think Alone's still a pretty good song so I'd go with Alone and Float probably. Okay. Yeah, that, the the other songs kind of sound a little messy. Like the production got a little messy in there. Okay. But, uh, you know that that's okay. That, that was our first try. It that's basically like our demo, I guess. <laughs> There's bands where, and I like that bands put stuff out like that and then leave it you know yeah. at times because there's been especially so i grew up in like the lime wire napster bear share yeah. era where you would just you know download a bunch of singles and rip music so sometimes you would just find the demos and yeah. then, you know, once you later got access to the full album it would sound completely different or yeah. you know a lot different than what you were used to hearing so i like some of that more raw sound sometimes and then I like when bands put that out and then they just they leave it like you can go back and rework it obviously and you know do like a reimagined version of the song and that's fun yeah but it is cool to hear you know especially on like first attempts of projects being released yeah i didn't want to take it down because it sounds a lot different than our full length and there's actually been like a couple of people that told me like oh i still listen to those songs and i was like okay well, i'll leave it then even though I, even though i don't like them like there's like a lot there's a lot of bands that like will change their sound and like delete all their old stuff off Bandcamp. It's like, come on, like, wh- why'd you do that? <laughs> like, leave that there. <laughs> There's a few bands I listen to that have done that. And yeah. Luckily, I have you know like digital copies on the computer and iPod yeah. and stuff. There's always something on YouTube, but then you gotta you can't close your phone and listen to YouTube, so yeah, it's not fun. <laughs> leave the old music up. I like. I've heard some artists say once they put something out, they're like, it's it's to the world now. Yeah, it's could out go there, and delete you know. it, but they're like, you know, it. Someone may have attached a meaning to it or had a moment in their life that that song did something for them. So right. they just leave it. So that's cool that you guys left that out there then. Yeah. And then, so that'll take us to In My Dreams. You want to just give us one song off of there? One of the acoustic yeah, songs? I, yeah. Actually, I like that EP a lot. That was, that was, uh, I thought that, I thought that came out really cool. Um, I think I'd probably go with Float. I think Float sounds really nice. Okay. Yeah. So we have Float from there. And then. Yeah. That takes us to it never gets easy. Yeah. My recommendations all eleven songs, full album. (laughs) (laughs) Give us let's do uh, we'll do three songs off of there since that's the full length. Okay, I'll probably I'll just pick my favorites. I think my favorites right now are probably fine. Blood of Jesus and I Don't Need You. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. You heard it straight from Cole. Build your playlists. Check those songs (laughs) out. And as always, listen to the album in full and then, then build your playlist. Don't do your playlist. Yeah. So, well, yeah, Cole, like I said, I appreciate you being on. Yeah, dude, thanks for having me. I'd heard the album right on the release and I reached out to you. And again, admittedly, I'd, I'd heard some Eastwood, but wasn't like dove all the way in. I was aware of the band. And then once I heard the full release, I, I think I commented on one of the things. I was like seven songs in. I was like, I'm already <laughs> like... <laughs> Oh, I think I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> it was like seven songs in. I was like, I'm loving it. Like I need to hear, need to hear the rest of it. And I want to talk to you about the process oh, of the band. Hey, dude. Yeah. Thanks for talking about it. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. So what we'll do is we'll wrap it up here. And then as always, we're going to do a bonus video with Cole where he's going to give us behind the scenes look of either a song, one of his past projects, something with touring, just something exciting for the fans. that's not out there already. So 
do us a favor when you're done here just like and subscribe to the video and i'll link cole eastwood and torture tomb i'll link all their socials in the description below make sure you follow them give us a comment let us know what your favorite song is from each band go comment on theirs let them know send it to a friend send it to your mom dad grandparents yeah, get people listening them. to it the dogs and, uh, give the feedback so thank you for watching everybody appreciate it <laughs>